Hey friends, it's Corey Andrew Powell here, letting you know it's time to treat yourself with an exclusive Motivational Mondays deal at the NSLS shop. Listeners get 20% off shop-wide with the code MONDAYS. That's M-O-N-D-A-Y-S. Need a new coffee tumbler? Or perhaps you want to keep it classy with a new hardcover notebook? Well, get them on sale. Listen, with this deal, I'm tempted to trade in my bow tie collection for one of those cute NSLS hoodies. And don't forget, use code MONDAYS at checkout. That's M-O-N-D-A-Y-S. Enjoy that 20% off at shop.nsls.org. And stay motivated, leaders. Stay motivated. I am so happy to be joined today by Suzanne Corso, author of three novels. That's Brooklyn Story, The Sweet Life, and completing the trilogy is Hello, Hollywood. Now, Suzanne has been a contributing TV film correspondent for NBC's Today Show, a columnist for Downtown Magazine, and she's been featured in O Magazine, USA Today, oh gosh, Daily News, everything and more. So, Suzanne, welcome to Motivational Mondays. Thank you for having me. Yes, it's my pleasure. Great to see you. Great and, to see you. You know, well, I love it because, you know, we do know each other, but we haven't, yes. you know, the whole pandemic thing sort of I know shut us all in. So no one's really seen each other in person. So this is like the first that we've actually really seen each other. I know. I'm going to have to see you live and give you a hug yes. very soon. Yes. yes. Pending. Yes. Coming soon. Indeed. Yes. Uh, you know, I want to talk to you about Brooklyn Story because one of the questions I'm always curious to know, and I don't think I've ever asked you this because it was Mm -hmm. always kind of assumed, but let's start with the fact that Brooklyn story is based on a character named Samantha Bonte, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. Based in 1978 in Brooklyn. She's a girl with dreams, you know, of maybe seeing, or maybe she inadvertently begins to see outside her environment. I never asked you, like, is Samantha directly an autobiographical character or is she a composite of you and other people? How do you answer that question? Well, she's me, 100%, 100%, because I am a person that writes about what I know. So when my grandmother handed me her Smith Corona typewriter and said, Bubbler, write yourself out of this story, that's exactly what I wanted to do. And I was able to do so through my faith and my writing. So yes, it is based totally on me. Of course, we change names, places, events, and things that we do. You give you know characters other names, you have to. Right. But it's really based, you know, based on me. Mm. It's yeah. fascinating too, because some of that, well, it's it's really, well, as far as pop culture is concerned, it has right. these two really, really great themes that are really always very popular. Like the sort of like, like Jewish, Italian, Brooklyn neighborhood, totally. which is so popular in a lot of pop culture films in general. Mm-hmm. It talks about the mafia culture as well. Yes, and yes. That's a really real thing. So was that like an actual part of the environment of the neighborhood you grew up in? Absolutely. Especially around that time, they were very prominent in the neighborhood, you know, completely different now. It's not the same, right? but they ruled the neighborhoods and they kept them safe, so to speak. Like the police would, they would keep them safe. And a lot of girls my age would, I hate to say full prey, but it's the only way to say it, to dating these type of men. Hmm. Then your problem was trying to get out. Isn't that something? So you kind of went from the frying pan into the fire, so to speak. Absolutely. You had to know how to get out. And if you can't get out, what are you going to do? And that speaks to that idea of there's something dangerously alluring about people like that, right? Yes. And then you grow up and you realize, how could I date someone who is a criminal for a living? You can't do that. I mean, I know women like men with an edge, 
But an edge could be getting up in the morning and going to work. That's an edge. (laughs) Instead of instead of getting up, you know, grabbing a gun and going to rob a bank. You know, there's a big difference. Mm -hmm. But um, as a child, I was privy to both. And I'm glad it worked out for me. That's why I had to write the book. I had to. I mean, it was therapeutic for me. If I didn't write that, I don't know what I would have done. Yeah. And I think what's great about it is although your particular setting takes place in 1978 and it's about Mm -hmm. um, the mafia situation, it's relatable to women, young women who are in a situation with men that can be tumultuous. doesn't have to be the exact same dynamics, but it's really, you know, about just those dangerous relationships in general. Yes. I mean, you don't have to date a criminal to be in a dangerous relationship. I mean, I think the first thing, and I've said this in so many interviews, when a man tells you shut up just that one time, You have to take notice to that. You cannot throw that under the rug. You have to pay attention, you know, especially women of today. You cannot take abuse from any man at all. Mm. And you have to approach it accordingly. It's not worth it. It's not worth it to be in love with someone who's going to abuse you. There's Mm. no reason for it. That's very important, especially considering right now the the recent headline with the young girl from I was Gabby. I forgot the last name of the young lady. Oh, who was, yes, you know, yes, yes. Unfortunately, killed by her boyfriend, and it was oh. literally there's there's all kinds of conversations in hindsight that well he was a little this and he was a little that. Well, if you see those signs, ladies sure. or friends of ladies, you have to make sure you yes, yes. You know, and I saw so many signs, so many red flags. But I didn't leave. And then when I was ready to leave, I couldn't leave. You know, it was for me, I lucked out because he went to prison for 25 Mm -hmm. years. So that was, you know, that was a score. I got out. But even when he was away, he would be sending messages for me not to date certain people. Right, right. It's just when a man tries to take control. You know how I look at it? Men like that, men who abuse women are weak men. I know it sounds interesting, but those are the weak men. Men who take care of women and build them up, put them on pedestals where they should be. After all, we do give birth. Those are the strong men. Yeah. That's how I look at it. So you could pin a weak man immediately. You know, when you say that, it's I love it because I often say, why are men often so afraid of women in politics, for example? Right. Because in reality, the world I come from, the women were the ones who took care of business in the house, kept the men together, kept the family together, were the organizers, Mm -hmm. were the nurturers. So to me, if you parlay that into a structure of a corporation or politics, I mean, it's only Mm -hmm. going to make the situation better. So I don't know why men sometimes have that fear of women. It depends on the man and it depends on how secure the man is with himself. Mm. Because a lot of men are insecure. They could be the most powerful, richest men ever, but they can be insecure within themselves. And and that falls onto the woman that they're with. Mm. Wow. So yeah, it's, it's a delicate situation, but women have to be very smart and pin it immediately. Yeah, get out earlier than later. Get out. That's the first warning sign, tells you to shut up. You got Listen, you know, when he had me at hello, he had me at shut up. And I was, that was it for me. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Wise yeah. decision. Yes. I love that. Should be a shut up. Yeah. Had me at shut up. I was done. I was yeah. out. That's a great one. Well, so the writing process, though. So let's talk right. about that. So you have the story swirling around. You know, that's your story. You want to get it from, from here and here. Right. To paper. Do you have trepidation like, oh, I can't say that. Oh, I can't tell that. I no. Those concerns. You know, it's interesting because don't forget, I'm 17. I'm in this 
crazy relationship. And I also have my grandmother and my promiscuous mother at home. So it was a lot of stuff I was writing about. Every night I would write and I would tell it like it is. I would even use the exact names because I had to get it out the right way. So that's what I did. Then it was only until I finished 380 pages that I went back and I changed all the names and everything. Mm -hmm. I remember my grandmother reading it on her way to work saying, you can't let anyone read this. They're going to kill (laughs) you. And I said, no, no, no. I just, I have to get it out, grandma. I have to get it out. And eventually, as you know, when it got published by Simon Schuster, we changed a lot of things and they love the authenticity. I believe in writing in first person because Mm -hmm. when you're writing in first person, you're just telling it all and you have to say it like it is. So for me, it was a blessing, but it was scary. I mean, my ex-boyfriend broke into my house to try to rob the manuscript. He thought, you know, I know she's writing about me. I'm going to reveal all his secrets. I'm an idiot. I'm going to reveal all his secrets. But it was more about what I was going through as a young woman growing up in Bensonhurst, Brooklyn. Mm -hmm. And I had every obstacle in the world against me except my amazing Jewish grandmother. Because my mother was still trying to find her spot in life. And she was lost. And I forgive her totally. It is what it is. And my dad left when he was born. So Mm -hmm. there's nothing you can do about it. But you need to have faith. You need to have something that you believe in to get out of a situation. Yeah. And you yeah. are of both, uh, both ethnicities, right? Jewish and Italian. Well, I'm Catholic. So I made all my sacraments. That's when right. I, when I got married, I made all my sacraments in a week. Mm. Baptism. They had me in the water. It was fabulous. Communion, confirmation. <laughs> I know. You did and marriage. You marriage did is all. a sacrament. All in one week. And, you know, I love the church, but at the end of the day in the Jewish religion, I'm a Jew. Mm. It's very interesting the way yeah. that works, but I believe I have the best of both worlds, but I am a practicing Catholic. That's wow. Yeah, I, I was I, always, I was wondering, I was like, I think she's Italian, but yeah. she's Jewish and some. I know <laughs> so. it's, it's, it's always crazy. But the thing about the Jews and, you know, the Catholics, it's so, they're so relatable. Yeah. You know, blessed mother who I love to pieces. I wear her on my neck. She was a Jew. So mm-hmm. it's one of these things where I just take advantage of both sides. Well, it's funny when I got to New York, I didn't really sometimes know the difference. And in certain neighborhoods, I thought the whole community might have been Jewish when they were actually all Italian. And there was all these sort of like sim like similar things between the families. And I didn't right. know the difference when I was first right. to New York. And I was like, oh, I thought you were Italian or I thought you were Jewish. And I was usually yeah. wrong about it in both cases. So, But it's so common and they're, they're so equal in so many ways. It's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, when it comes to the second book, though... The first one came out, it was obviously a success. People related to it. I think yes. it also was a success. It was a, a success because a lot of that subject matter, again, very provocative and very alluring. Sure. The mafia, sure. the sexy part. Mm-hmm. But then Samantha emerges, right? So yes. she gets a little sophisticated. Now she's, you know, a Manhattanite, right? Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. So, it, it just happened. So, yes, tell me about that evolution, I guess, for you, well, though, that inspired Yeah, you. it's very interesting because I, I went from mafia welfare food stamps. Think about where I come from. OK, Bensonhurst, Brooklyn. And then I go to the hedge fund world, to meeting a man who's worth so much money and I'm doing the climb with him. And he becomes one of the biggest men on Wall Street. Mm. And he had an amazing, successful career, I must say. But even from a psychology point of view, you watch the rise of someone. And you watch the fall of someone. Mm -hmm. And it was very sad because money doesn't define you. I say it over and over again. But in this case, it did. And eventually it tore the marriage apart. But I had a daughter and I had to be there for her. And I had to get through 
high school and get her into college and do what I had to do. But, you know, what my ex-husband did for me as a human being was incredible. You know, he introduced me to a lifestyle that very few of us can be privy to. I, mm-hmm. I was really a part of the 1%. Yeah. And it's really interesting. But being part of that world, I never changed who I was. Mm-hmm. I was always Suzanne from Brooklyn. I never treated people differently. It doesn't matter how much money you have. You should never do that. Because, you know, that same saying, who you meet going up, you meet going down, all that stuff. But mm-hmm. you realize who your friends are in this whole game of money. I love that you said that because, and this is not really, you know, personal in a way because you know you, you're publicly friends with a lot of famous people so yeah what i find fascinating is you just mentioned the wealth didn't change who you were and it uh, made me realize that you are friends with some very famous people but i realized that when i've seen you in photos or in situations with them they too they're not like these sort of caricatures of wealth. They are almost so down to earth. And I'm like, wait, that's, I'll just drop a name. That's Quincy Jones. Yeah. I mean, mean, you know, or like Joe told me one night, my partner, Joe, uh, before I really knew you, he was like, yeah, I went to a party at Suzanne Corso's house and Olympia Dukakis was there. Oh, she was reading palms on New Year's Eve. Yes, (laughs) yes. That was before I actually knew you. Yes. Uh, apparently, you know, but but the report was always like, you know, completely down to earth. And then I did get yeah. to meet her once myself. Yeah, we all do miss her, but you, she was a friend of yours. She was a great friend. And, you know, look, it, people don't know this, but I'll share this with you. I wrote the screenplay to Brooklyn Story. And it was Olympia Dukakis who gave me so many notes, along with Penny Marshall, oh, who gave wow. me so many notes. And Penny wanted to do the script. And it was uh. Lorraine Bracco who introduced me to Penny and we were going to do this. And then unfortunately Penny got sick, as you know, she passed from lung cancer and so Mm. did my mother. And it's one of those things, divine timing. It wasn't meant to do it back then, but I have them. They're my angels Mm -hmm. and we'll do the movie and it'll be good. But they are wonderful, wonderful people who taught me a lot. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's, yeah, it's really interesting to see people who are, you can always tell, well, my grandmother always said, you know, yeah. money, money makes bad people worse and good people better, quite honestly. Yeah. So, very I mean, I feel if God bestows a lot of money on you, which he did, you know, in my marriage, mm-hmm. you have to do the right thing by people. You, you have to want to do the right thing by people. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. what I believe. I believe what you give, you get. But as far as celebrities go, I haven't met one that I really didn't click with. Mm -hmm. I think because I was always myself and they liked talking about me instead of them. Mm -hmm. So I went with it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, totally. One of the greatest lessons I learned when I began to interview celebrities and sort of, you know, I was like this fish out of water all of a sudden in New York City. I'm like at Sandra Bernhardt's apartment and at any moment, like, you know, a supermodel walks in. And I think once like Marlon Brando called her when I was there, it was just, you know, a whole other thing you step into. And I was like kind of overwhelmed. And the stylist, Robert Verdi. Yeah. Yeah. Designer. He said, listen, he saw me kind of overwhelmed. He goes, listen, I want you to remember something. When you interact with celebrities, you come at them like this on the same level, not Mm -hmm. like this. You're not looking up. You're not starstruck. You get a lot more. Just meet them where they live. Just be normal. And it was like a great lesson for me being like, you know, 23, all of a sudden in a room with like Liza Minnelli and Billy Joel, you know, and I had no idea how to handle that being from a- Look at the kind of person you are. You bring a lot to the table. You're a celebrity. 
Well, I like to think that maybe I am and the world just doesn't know it yet, but th- we're getting there. You're, you you bring a lot to the table. It's nice to, you know, have conversations with you. I mean that. I appreciate that. Well, I think yes. one of my gifts hopefully will be just this art of conversation because I do love bringing people's stories forward. I know. So thank you for that. I appreciate it. Yes. Now, okay. So then we get to Hello Hollywood. Yes. And this also basically reflects you because you are now in a world where you're sort of entertaining the screenplay adaptation. Yes. adaptation. Yes. I can never say that word. Adaptation. adaptation thank you. Of yes. your book to become films. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, and that's what that book's about. Hello, Hollywood. It's almost like I'm manifesting what I want in book three, mm-hmm. because I love doing things in three. So when they asked me for a second book, I said, okay. And then I went, oh, well, wait a minute. We're going to need a third book. And they go, what are you going to write about? And I, I wrote about all the entities, Mafia, Wall Street. I'll write about Hollywood because right. I don't touch politics yep. or religion. Mm-hmm. So I'll just stick with these entities. And it wound up good. Yeah, well, it's animal. Hollywood is, you know, oh, it's it can its hold its own. To, it can hold its own to Wall Street on any day with yes. <laughs> the scandal. Yes. I mean, I don't know who's worse, mm. Mafia, Wall Street or Hollywood. I mean, I just don't know. I think they all beat to their own drum. And people do what they want to do. Power is a very interesting thing. Mm. It's what you do with it that makes you different. Yeah, that's a very wise, wise thing. Mm -hmm. And when it comes to being a woman author, do you find that that impacted interest in the story or disinterest in the story when you were trying to shop it? Was there any, uh, sometimes I imagine stories like this may be faced with misogyny, like, oh, another story about a girl. Right. Right. But did you encounter any of that? It's interesting. I must've went through, I must've got rejected by about 35 different agents, but Mm. I'm a person that I don't believe in no. So I wasn't going to stop. Then finally an agent takes me on and within a week, and the reason she read the book is because I believe she tore her Achilles heal or something like that. And she was in bed. Oh so she gosh. reads my manuscript. I know it was a blessing. She needed something to do when she just she needed yeah. something to do. Sorry, yeah. Far, but she needed something to do. And she was a lovely woman. And she said, Suzanne, they're starting this new imprint at Simon and Schuster called Gallery Books. And I've always been obsessed with Simon and Schuster from the Danielle Steele days, mm-hmm. the Jackie Collins days. Yes. I just wanted to be them. I want yes. to be them. <laughs> and she sent in my manuscript and within a week they wanted to see me. And when she called and said they want to see you, I went, what does that mean? She goes, that means you're going to get a deal. Oh my God. They don't want to see anybody. Right. And right. I went in and I got a six figure deal, hard mm. cover, then soft cover. It was one of the most beautiful experiences of my life to walk in Simon and Schuster, mm. see all the books, know that I'm going to be a published author. I'm going to be on the wall. And my editor, Mitchell, Mitchell Ivers was my editor at the time. And he said, Suzanne, I have to do my job. I love your manuscript so much. I really don't want to change much. And that was Coming from him, it was a big thing. So it's an exciting moment. And I waited a long time for that to get my story out because it was going to affect a lot of women. Mm -hmm. Do you women who can't make decisions on should I get out? Should I not get out? Right. I was this guy. Should I not leave this guy? Yeah. I was going to say, do you get like messages or emails or do women tell you when they've read it that they're in these situations? I once got something where a girl said, you know, I was going to commit suicide last night. And I read, I know, I know, I, I know I have that saved somewhere. And she says, but I was reading your book and I realized that that's something I shouldn't do. And I immediately answered that. I said, no, you should not. Wow. You should not do that. And I was talking her off a ledge and all of that. And I hope she's okay wherever she is today, but it's a scary thing. It's a scary thing. You know, 
or when you love, you love with your heart and soul. And it's hard sometimes to break out of a relationship. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's very hard, but you have to be smarter. And as you get older and wiser and more mature, you get smarter. Thank you for listening to Motivational Mondays presented by the National Society of Leadership and Success and available wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. I'm Corey Andrew Powell, and I'll see you again here next week.